This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonalds. How's everything going, Damon? It is great here in the US of A, where it's summertime and uh, the people are out frolicking again. And uh, yeah, everything's pretty good. New job started already. Joel's got his. You're moving soon, right? You're probably like days Yes, uh, tomorrow Melly's going to start moving stuff over. Wow. So I'm on Esther duty while she and her friend help us move things over. So hopefully this will be the last uh, podcast from this particular hotel. Oh my God, how historic, right? It's pretty historic. Yes, end of an era. And of course, it doesn't escape my uh, attention that the first episode we did was in a hotel as well. So there's just something about me and hotels <laughs> and the Super J cast. Yes. Wow. I'm I'm thrilled for you. Thank 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 the heavens. I can't uh, I can't imagine what that was like. Well, I mean, listen, it was a nice place, but still, Oof. it is. It feels like it's an end of an end of an era. Wow. All right. Well, look at you. Things are turning around for Joel and his lovely family. So good for you. Good on you. Yeah, about fucking time. <laughs> um, okay, Damon, can we talk football, please? Uh, <laughs> have you seen any? Euro, I know it's Euro 2021, but we're calling it Euro 2020 because of the they couldn't be bothered to change the branding or something. Uh, what have you seen so far? Uh, what did I see? I saw England win uh, 1 0. I saw, uh, I did see, uh, I was actually watching the game, but I walked away from the TV uh, and I saw the, the, I guess, the, middle i don't even say the middle of that horrific accident that that poor guy and i forget his name but um oh, christian erickson christian erickson that's correct uh wow that was a that was a that was a scary moment like i've seen some people get hurt and where you're like oh my god there's some serious shit going down um cardiac arrests on benches so a hockey player got off, you know, got off the ice, went on the bench, and collapsed, and they had to perform CPR on him. Um, I saw a guy get cut with a skate. I've seen, I've seen that happen many times actually, and it's just blood everywhere because the, the leg goes up in the air and sling. Um, but yeah, that was one. That was one that was pretty frightening. And the worst part about it was the poor team. Standing around, you know, you know, trying to hide the ghouls from filming it, and uh, they're sitting there, you know, they're they're, you know, they can't see anything because their backs are turned, and they're performing CPR on. They saved his life, right? He he was out for a while, right? Yeah, that's correct. They said they they had to get the defibrillator, and. I mean, yeah, you say the the ghouls, whoever was in charge of that broadcasting, like zooming in on his terrified wife, yeah. just sickening stuff. Yeah, what is that? Ugh. Um, so that was a little frightening, and not, not more than a little frightening, a lot frightening. 
And what did I see? I saw the opening match. I saw Italy. Who the hell do they play? Italy. Um, Turkey. Turkey. And they're looking quite tasty, Italy. It was delicious. Uh, yes, they won, I believe, three middle. I saw that. So that's my that's my well, here's the thing I don't understand. And and again, I just kind of turned it on because it was like sports to watch on TV. Like, is it so give me the give me the Euro you guys got too many leagues. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. You got too many tournaments, too many leagues, it's hard to follow. It's hard to follow for a casual person. Like you got your Champions League, you got your this, you, you got your FA Cup, you got your uh, you got a, you got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. It's hard. It's hard. So what what is what is this? This is just these are just European teams. I'm gathering, correct? That's the name. Yeah. So this is like the European equivalent of the World Cup. So uh, all the national teams. Well, the top. What is it? Twenty four uh, national teams. Mm-hmm duking it out and you know they fucked around with the format it used to be once upon a time only eight teams and then it was 16 and now it's 24 so the preliminary group stage is a bit of a mess because you know time time was you know it's a lot simpler when you have groups of four and the top two teams go through you know where you stand then but with this you got six groups of four Mm. and the top two teams go through but also the four highest place third place teams go through which it's kind of bullshit, yeah. in my opinion. Like, if you finish third in your group, you should be out. Yeah. And, of course, in the last European tournament in 2016, Portugal, I think in the group stage, they drew all three of their games, went through in third place, and ended up winning the tournament, which, again, is That's BS bullshit. to me. Yeah. So, I don't like that, but whatever. It is what it is. I mean, they've expanded it. More money, you get more countries in. So, I guess it, it's cool to see teams like Finland and, and North Macedonia having a go at it, whereas maybe otherwise wouldn't have, and... You know, little tiny countries like Scotland. <laughs> His famous last words, Damon. We're, we're going to play Scotland next, and then That's almost right. certainly going to beat us. But um, you think so? I mean, people are asking. Well, uh, uh, Bob writes in and says, "Is this England's year to bring it home, or will they find a way to bottle it?" And I mean, I, I watched the England-Croatia game, which was a very unusual experience for me. First of all, to see England actually win their opening game in the Euros, which they've never done before, and we've just got this very workmanlike kind of professional team good game management we looked comfortable or in control uh-huh. Croatia never really looked like scoring they, they were pretty crap to be fair but um, it's unusual to watch uh, England at a tournament and not feel some mixture of fr- either frustration or despair <laughs> <laughs> punctuated by maybe the, the rare moment of joy that just I, I never really felt that Croatia were going to score which was bizarre so I guess that speaks uh, you know, praise for what Gareth Southgate's done with this team and, and got us functioning and, and looking hard to break down, hard to beat. But is I that, don't necessarily think we're going to go on and win it. Is, right, but I was I, I'd say, be happy with semi-finals personally. Is that is that lead? Would that lead to bigger heartbreak? Oh, oh, there's definitely going to be heartbreak. Okay, I mean, that's, that's inevitable. That's part and parcel of being an England fan. We're so uh, the 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 benchmark for heartbreak for me was Euro '96. So well, I was like eight or nine years old at the time. Uh, and this was held, held in England. So England playing all their matches at Wembley Stadium. And we got to the semi-finals against Germany and got eliminated on penalties. So penalty shootout. And the guy who missed the decisive penalty for England, all England fans know, was Gareth Southgate, who is now the manager of the team. Ah. So you've got a great chance here. You know, it's the, the fairy tale story. If he can lead England to glory 
at this Euros and um, make amends for, for missing that penalty back in 1996. So that's that's the narrative. Whether or not events actually play out that way, I will be uh, very surprised if it does. But we're looking good so far. Okay. Is that see now things are starting to piece together here because I'm sure you've seen that meme where was that was that him like writing on a little notepad and then you zoom in on what's a notepad and it's like the that it's coming home yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well then okay so would you consider them a favorite i would say we're in maybe the top four uh if i in a gun to my head i think france are probably the outright favorites i think italy are looking very strong right um Belgium have got a very strong team as well. So, yeah, I, I would say France, Italy, Belgium, England would be the top top ones to watch out for. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, I was going to be like, who's the dark horse? Who do you think uh, who do you think is, who might squeak in there? Hmm. Uh, thinking who's looked impressive so far in this opening rounds i was gonna um, say canada until i realized they're not european <laughs> they're not european they're not they're not european um they're all shit all the other countries are shit damon so that's it. okay well <laughs> no they're not they're not i just I just germany is germany good they're all right i mean there's a lot of, i think they've got a lot of problems with their side at the moment but uh hmm. they wouldn't be yeah, they're not in my shortlist for favourites. Same okay. for Spain. You know, these are the tip- typical European powerhouses. But uh, Portugal, maybe. Portugal. I mean, they they are the holders. They they were the champions of the last European Championship, so they might be one to look out for as well. I think they. I don't think they've played yet, have they? At the time of recording, so yeah, we'll see what they've got up their sleeves. I'm hoping Mongolia just just enters in the tournament. Just you know, just comes in. <laughs> We're playing. What? You're not. You're. You're not. You're not even European. Well, you're a. Is it your Asian? You're. You're Asian. Is that what it's called? I'm making up words. Well, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well okay. Here's an uh, interesting question from Jeremy. He says, "How do you feel about the U.S. having players from other countries sign up for the national side instead of their home country? And also, is it coming home or is Southgate squad selection forever going to be maddening? So, uh, no, again, my my pick is going to be England for the semi-finals." Uh, how do I feel about the US having players from other countries if they feel that they identify as uh, Americans and want to represent the USA then go for it more power to them I mean I think we're living in an age where I I had this debate actually with a a guy in the bar um, while I was watching the England Croatia game and I think this idea about nationality is not as fixed as it once was and it's it's a concept that I think is a lot more fluid these days like you know for example my, my daughter Esther she might identify more as English or British as she grows up or more as Thai or maybe both. So, you know, who are we to say uh, what nation a person should or shouldn't represent? So personally, I, I I don't have any problems with that. Have you got any strong feelings about people representing their adopted countries rather than the countries they were born in, I guess? I, I think whatever you... Well... I was going to say, whatever you're a citizen of, right? That would be where you play. Um, but you can have dual citizenship. <laughs> um, I, 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 that's, 
Because you see, I saw that before in, you see that in the Olympics. You see that in um, other, like the, you bring up hockey tournaments, you've seen that. Brett Hall being the example that I think of first. Um, I don't know. I think, I think you should default to the country you were born in. If you have dual citizenship, then it's, you know, what are you going to do? You flip a coin, whatever one they want. You know, I get tough shit. <laughs> that's the way I say it. I tell you what, yeah, I, I think everyone should have dual citizenship. I, I think everyone should be able to pick one country that they are also a citizen of. And, and here's the thing. Well, I think there should be no citizenship and there should be open borders for the entire world. Wow. And that, uh, national team sports is a complete farce. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Fucking nuking that debate, Damon. <laughs> well, that, that, I, mean, I just wanted a little bit. Uh, if you could pick another country, and again, you have to... Uh, you have to become a citizen by their whatever methods they that country deems. Uh, again, if it's a written test, if it's uh, whatever you got to do, license, I don't know, whatever you got to do, what country would you pick? Dual citizenship. I would probably have to go with a boring option and say Thailand, which is a country that has uh, welcomed me, to some extent, <laughs> welcomed me with open arms. Yeah, uh, on various occasions. You're uh, you're you're telling the company line. I like that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's my favorite country. Yeah, now well, this, no, this yeah, year. It, it, it wait, 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 country. wait till something else happens and you got to move. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a fair share of frustrations and, and things that piss me off. But um, I mean, that that could be said for living in any country. So uh, yeah, I think I, yeah, I would be. I'm in my heart. I'm part Thai. Oh, I like that. I like that. I would uh, I would be a Canadian as well. <laughs> I would be just very close. Just stay right here. I'm good. Uh, if I I wouldn't have no problem being Canadian. Like I'm saying it like like, like there is an issue being Canadian. There is zero. No, but it, I think that would be like the closest thing. Like I wouldn't. Uh, one of the things I'm very jealous of you is is that it doesn't feel like you have you you get culture shocked. Like I feel like you're. Or maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, like I, I, I would. I think I would. I think I would be culture shocked. Yeah, I guess it. It depends. I mean, obviously, the first time that I moved here to Thailand in 2011, I was moving out there to to be with Mali, so that mitigated a lot of the culture shock because I'd already learned a little bit about Thai culture before going out there. Man, um, her, 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 uh, her love for you was what. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Chinese culture, yeah, to some extent, but I think Chinese people, by and large, are very warm and, and friendly and kind-hearted, um, very family-oriented, very mm. strong sense of community. So there wasn't really that much to to get over. Really, I, I suspect if I moved to another country, that is one. Kind, I've always been scared of moving to Japan. It's an idea I would I'm interested in, and I think. I would like to do at some point, but yeah, I think that I, I would struggle a lot with the culture there. I would, I would just feel incredibly awkward twenty four seven because I know I'd be fucking up something to fit it. You know what That's I mean? It. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would be worried be... that I was breaking some sort of taboo, and yeah. everyone's looking at me thinking, "Oh, look at this fucking uncouth yob." Right, <laughs> right. Is like it was just little things like once I I think I 
open a drink or something while I was still in the family mart or 7-Eleven or something and got told off for that or you know uh, being in Tokyo very late at night where the roads are absolutely empty but still being expected to wait for the the little the the green man at the pedestrian (laughs) crossing before you're allowed to cross the road just stuff like that is uh, and another one I I was uh, um, went to visit my friend Saki's parents she invited us to our family home which was wonderful last time we were in Japan and uh, they're sort of un, unspoke, un, unwritten rule about the, the host having to be the person who tops up people's drinks so I was there with Mali and our other friend from Thailand Nam and our friend went to top up her own drink and then our friend Saki's mother ran over and was like oh no 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 you can't do that you can't do that and that was a little thing like okay I understand this is we're in your home and your host country and that you feel some sort of social obligation to not uh to 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 stick to these social mores but at the same time appreciate that this girl is from thailand and she doesn't know about this stuff and that you are also embarrassing her by rushing over and and snatching the drink out of your hand so it's those those kind of things where i think the culture shock is an issue and, and these the two cultures clash in a way that ends up leaving both people feeling a bit embarrassed right you know? and and there's a lot of unwritten rules right you know there's there's things that you just you know you would never even get i mean that's one I mean, that might be one of them but even even then like you might even have people clue you in on that but then there's just like little like i'm sure i would just be getting the old <sighs> all the time the, you know the 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 look of disapproval the shaking of the head i would get it all I would get every bit of it. I don't know. I barely eh, whatever. I, I'm a I'm an animal. Who knows? But yeah, that would be tough. That would be tough. Let's move on to my next topic, Dan. And I want to talk to you about movies um, mm-hmm. because there've been a couple of interesting New Japan movie crossovers that oh, I've stumbled across in recent days. I don't know if you've seen either. Okay, so the first one I saw was uh, Antonio Inoki versus Spider Man with a, a hilarious. Uh, Japanese TV comedy show that was shared on our Discord by Aviation Lads. I, I believe they also run the YouTube channel ProRes with subtitles, so they had subtitles added to this uh, about a prank that went very <laughs> badly. Uh, Inoki was not impressed at all. That one's very, very funny, worth checking out. And also uh, Jushin Thunder Liger taking on Godzilla. So yeah. I don't know if you've seen either of those uh, and any other crossovers you'd like to see if, with New Japan and the movie world. Okay. Um, I did see a little bit of the Liger thing. Like, I just saw a little, little clips of it. And I and I was a little confused because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. But now it, it all it all makes sense with the movie Godzilla vs. Kong Presents Kazuna Road 2021. Um, so, and it's important to specify the movie Godzilla vs. Kong Presents Kazuna Road. Not not the <laughs> the unsanctioned street fight Godzilla between the actual... Real life Godzilla and Kong, the movie Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> right, they're just making it clear. They're making it very clear. Uh, I saw that. I mean, that was. He's a big fan. He loves his Godzilla. He really does. Like he he paints the miniatures and not even the mini like the like like pretty big statues. So he like you know he's into that shit. Um, so that had to be fun for him, right? He got to put on the the uh, the gear again, take a couple bumps for uh, Godzilla. 
Did you see my hilarious tweet, Damon? I did. I did. I did. And I saw Esther playing where... Uh, <laughs> yeah, she got a liger bear. Getting a little. Well, I put out this. If if you haven't seen it, this sort of jokey tweet saying, like, oh, liger's tarnished his legacy. He said he's going to retire, but now he's taken a cheap payday to wrestle Godzilla. Obviously, a joke. The number of people in the mentions, like, oh, lighten up, you fuckheads. This is just a bit of fun. Rah, rah, rah. Uh, why do these people follow us? How do they even find us? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just how are they even? How would they even just stop? Just un- go away! Holy crap! Is it? Is it? Was it a person we know, or is it some no, random? I think anyone who knows anything, like has even listened to a second of the show, knows that I'm talking out of my ass right. most of the time, and, and <laughs> yeah, not being serious at all. Oh my goodness! Oh, this is the it's the, that this just dopes in this world. Just dopes. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the here's the biggest problem. Honestly, this is the biggest problem. Uh, what are you doing? What are you taking Percocets over there? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, you can still hear me fucking about. Yeah, I've I've got it. It's muted on Audacity, so the listeners won't be able to hear it. Oh, but you no. can. So. I heard it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. A bit I, of tension there. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, rat, I hear rat. I hear like pills coming out of a bottle. Like, uh, what do you what do you got? We got a little habit over there. <laughs> Things that tough. Uh, they're breath mints, Damon. Are they? Mm. Yes. All right. Just making sure. I can I can turn on my camera, my new uh, webcam, and show you. But again, I don't want to distract you because I've just had my hair cut. I'm looking pretty fresh, if I may say so myself. He was. I tell you what. He. We tried to. Uh, you want to give a little backstory? We tried to record on the new MacBook, and uh, we connect via the Skype, and I see Joel. <laughs> I and we never do turn on the camera. We never because it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm just sitting here in a. You know, just you know, a T-shirt um, with my dong hanging out. Um, that's not true at all. Uh, but then I see Joel. I was, I was like, "Hey, well, I guess we're." I want to see that webcam on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see Joel. And I'm like, "Whoa, we're doing cameras now, buddy. What are we doing here?" Uh, and he tried it with the MacBook. Uh, what was the question again? How you had? Uh, we're talking about movies. Okay, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's. Let's. I'm going to ask you another question right. about movies. Actually, it's not a question. It's more of a a pitch. I've got a movie pitch Uh-oh. for you. So this is uh, a science fiction thriller horror, starring. This is my idea. Jeff Fahey as a beautician with special educational needs who is experimented on by a scientist paid by Pierce Brosnan, and the scientist is trying to increase his uh, intelligence, increase the intelligence of the beautician. So okay. the experiments do give the beautician superhuman abilities, but they also enhance his aggression, uh-huh. turning him into a man obsessed with grooming the ultimate pubic hair. <laughs> and do you want to have a guess at the name of this film, Damon? Uh, I'm going to say it's uh, Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yeah, you got Lawnmower 4.0 Man. <laughs> Nice. I tell you what, that might have been one of your greatest uh, segues. That was beautiful. Holy moly, it made me laugh and laugh and laugh. But I'll tell you what, uh, the point being here, something that won't make you laugh, and that is ungroomed gentlemen. Ungroomed. You know what I'm talking about. Ungroomed. When I say ungroomed, I mean stinky smelly hairy 
pubic area. Pubic area, right? Down below, the twig and berries. They need to be cleaned and they need to be groomed. And especially for those of you having sexual intercourse. And why do I say that? Because no one, and I tell you flat out, no one wants to have a partner who is ungroomed. Well, that's where Manscaped comes in, everyone. That's right, Manscaped. We've talked about them before. We'll talk about them again. Why? Because the products are good. I wouldn't steer you wrong. Manscaped. Got the lawnmower with the light. It's got a, the, the thing's got a light. You could do this in the dark. Clean up, shave up, get it all trimmed away. Nobody wants, nobody wants that. Nobody wants the, nobody wants the hair down there, guys. No one wants it, right? So you Some can, people do. Some people are into that stuff. It, I don't want to be here to to kink shame. But well, uh, it's not a kink shame. Know. I'm saying, I'm saying, you can have it. If you want it, you can have it. But you got to clean it up. You just can't let it go wild, can you? Right? Like it's just some like wild outback bush. You got to clean that shit up, right? <laughs> like Bruiser Brody. Yeah, you look like fucking Bruiser Brody. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Take down your pants. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, that'd be awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You got you got Bruiser Brody pubes. Hoof. Hey, what is it? Huff. I can't even do it. Uh, look, Manscaped is there to save you from embarrassment, from embarrassment. Imagine putting in all the work and time and then your partner goes down there and speaking of, you're going to get that. That's what you're going to get if you don't clean that up. Again, if you like a little bit, great. Even if you like a lot, great. Clean it up. Clean it up. You get a haircut, right? Huh? You get a haircut. Why not down there? Where a lot of intimate things happen, if you know what I'm saying. uh, I'm trying to tell you this. No girl's going to put their mouth on your cock with all that mess down there. So that's number one. Number two, those fine deodorants and creams that keep you smelling fresh and dry, which is the most important thing. Dry. Manscaped is where you got to go. We know that, right? Manscaped.com. You're going to use a code. You're going to get free shipping. Uh, What is it? Uh, Free shipping. And what is it, Joe? 20% off? Free shipping? Yes. With Uh, the code JCAST, isn't it? JCAST. That's us. So we're helping you. And we're helping your love life. And we're helping you have a very clean and stink-free, you're not going to, again, anti-bruiser Brody cock, right? Anti-bruiser Brody cock. And look, you don't, you don't even need to have a sexual partner to do this. Just even if you don't. You feel good about yourself. Self-esteem. Yeah. And that, you, yeah, you, you will carry that self-confidence and it will be attractive to everyone around you. Now you see, now, now you're talking. Now you're talking. I'm telling you, it's like getting a fresh haircut. You know? You know how you feel when you get a fresh haircut? It's your lands and nose. It's your lands and nose. Just like the same thing, but it's down there. Look, go to Manscaped. JKS is the code. I use it. I use this. If you smell my balls right now, you'd be like, wonderful. This is wonderful, right? It's like going to the flower show. My balls are like going to the flower show. 
That's what I would say. And that's thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped. Okay, let's move on to the next topic then, which is, uh, as mentioned, the movie Godzilla vs. Kong presents Kizuna Road 2021. So, the, uh, well, just main things I wanted to touch on actually is this uh, gauntlet singles match series for Yu Uemura and Yoto Suji. So, last night we had Uemura versus Suzuki. Yeah. So, didn't go well. For those of you who don't know and haven't seen it, it went. Suzuki won, obviously, with a Boston Crab. Yeah. 13 minutes, 55 seconds. And it's been a very long-awaited match. I mean, they, I thought they built this up really well. Really great, intense start to it. And just really cool little touches to it. Like, you Uemura had to put in every ounce of energy into everything he did, even just trying to get, like, a headlock takeover. I saw that uh, tweeted from Snowboy. I hadn't noticed that before. But even just getting a simple move like that, he had to really fight for it and struggle for it, which I thought was a, a great addition to the match there. And Suzuki gave you a lot here. It, it, it felt less like a, a young line squash match and more like a almost like a back and forth G1 style match between two relatively equal wrestlers, until the finish at least. I mean, he put him away with a Boston Crab. Um, and they both put an appropriate level of fire into it considering their history. And Suzuki even went for his drop kick, which he only does in big matches against opponents he respects. And I think that speaks volumes for how, uh, in, in what high esteem, uh, Uemura is held by Suzuki. And uh, Suji versus Tanahashi, a yeah, similar result. So Tanahashi wins in 30 minutes, 36 seconds. Says Texas Cloverhold. I thought it was a Boston Crab, but could be mistaken. Um, and this one had a really interesting conflict in that Tanahashi is clearly uh, Yota Suji's hero, but... He, uh, Suji know that he had to go after Tanahashi's knee to have any chance of winning. And he sold that sort of slight reluctance in his facial expressions really mm-hmm. well. Kind of like, you know, I don't want to do this, but have to, so I can prove to you that I've grown. And he used a, a few nice new moves to showcase his power. He used a giant swing, which I thought was really cool. And so it made me think just one thing I'm really looking forward to is getting to see Suji being able to use his size and, and start ragdolling some motherfuckers. Because he's a big lad. So um, what do you make of both guys at the moment and the fact that they both tapped to Boston Crabs do you think we should be expecting to see more from this series do you think by the end of this, this series they're going to be graduated like what what do you think the future holds I think so yeah I think you'll see different one the one thing that kind of stood out to me was the matches um, both went almost the exact same time right again both losses both submissions both went like 13 and change, right? Yes. And and also, sorry, while you brought that up, there's a 20-minute time limit. So I suppose that might be an interesting way for them to uh, prove themselves by maybe trying to last the 20 minutes. Maybe there's a chance one of the matches towards the end of the series, they might get it to a time limit draw. But uh, yeah, just an idea that popped into my head. Or, or, you know, you get it right against the gun. Like you get it right, you know, a pinfall occurs in the 19-minute mark or, or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I love these. I, I It does give you, um, a, like, much more to look forward to than the, the typical, okay, they're going to have matches consecutively together, right? I just think this adds it's just a nice little element of, okay, who's going to get the one win? And, and the likelihood of one of them getting a win is – probably low right so okay so what's going to be the deciding factor right is it going to be a draw right somebody took him took somebody to the limit okay 
Um, is it going to be they're dead locked and they're tied? And the 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 I went longer, right? Okay, I I my minutes stretched out longer than yours. Um, or is it going to be hey, they're literally literally tied up? We can't decide a, a winner between the two. I don't think they would just you know book that to just say okay that's that. I would assume we would have a match to kind of determine who would be better, and then that and then that singles match would mean a whole hell of a lot. So, no, I love them. I love these matches. Um, they're I, I don't I, I don't even think they're basic matches. I think they're I love the fact they don't go long. They shouldn't go long. Um, I like the fact that there is that 20-minute time limit that does make them do what they need to do in a short amount of time. And there is that intrigue of, okay, is who's it, would there be somebody that would take the fall? Is there going to be somebody that takes the fall? And if not, then how, how would they settle this? Interesting point brought up by Classic Catch. Uh, she asks, considering it was teased for months, why do you think we're not getting Suji versus Naito as a gauntlet match? So yeah, that was obviously something that Yota Suji had been campaigning for on Twitter, trying to get, I think, was it 50,000 yeah. likes or something like that? So I don't know. Maybe they're keeping that in their in their pocket for some reason. They've got, they got you know plans for that in the future. Who knows? But yeah, that was a, an interesting point to raise because it's not on his uh, list of gauntlet opponents. It'll be, it'll uh, be, it'll be Naito's take- first title defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other little takeaways from the show yesterday Suzuki says he wants to shot at Shingo's title so I don't know if that's just uh, if that's laying the groundwork for something in the future or if uh, he's actually going to be a, a challenger at some point Desperado is hinting at giving Bushi a shot at the junior title if he gets past Ishimori uh, Taichi says Dangerous Tekkers are going to give the next title shot to Kawada and Tawei the Holy Demon Army nice. if Naito and Sonata don't convince them that they're worthy challengers and uh, in the post-match, Shingo uh, is demanding, quote, the biggest stage for his match with Ibushi. So I was wondering what this meant. Are we going to get Tokyo Dome? Maybe we're going to have summer struggle at the Tokyo Dome. I don't know if we've got uh, a venue announced for that yet, but what what do you think that could be, the well, biggest stage? It is their biggest venue, right? It is their, it is their showcase of the immortals. <laughs> um, I don't... I can't imagine. Well, one, they would have to have another dome show. Now they did it before, right? And obviously, it was canceled. So I don't know if they just moved the date, or they canceled it completely, or what have you. But it's seen, and again, just it's been a strange two years. So this means literally nothing. Uh would would you be opposed to having two two dome shows so close to each other? Uh, well, I don't know if this would be instead of Wrestle Grand Slam. I mean, maybe they're just gonna think, okay, we'll, we won't do Wrestle Grand Slam, but we'll have Summer Struggle at the Tokyo Dome. But um, I mean, there's so many moving parts to this; it's hard to really pin anything down because everything could change with one COVID spike. So. But you, you know, you think there's no smoke without fire. Him saying something like that. I mean, the the biggest venue is that, unless. I mean, 
really depend. Do they consider the Tokyo Dome an outdoor venue or an indoor venue? I know that's a dumb question, but like, what do they consider that? Is that an indoor venue? Just because it has a the, yeah, it's got to be indoor. Yeah, I mean, I think it's indoor. Okay, all right. Well, I guess the yeah. Who knows? Nobody, no, I, no one knows. But he wouldn't say that just to say that, would he? He just didn't, doesn't feel like it would. I've got another question about Shingo. An aesthetics question from oh. uh, Jay Cafe, friend of the show, who says, how good does the new belt look now that Shingo has it? So mm. do you think this new belt design suits mm. Shingo more than Will or Ibushi? I'll tell you what, when he had a lot of trouble. It, I, I, the belt looked like shit when he was wearing it. Remember when they when they when they tried this? Like he was determined to wear it around his waist, his, his very narrow girlish waist. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was just like the strap was all X'd in the back and, it, and flopping in the back. It looked terrible. Uh, no, the belt stinks. I I'm sorry. I and I know people are like, well, you wouldn't like it if if whatever it was. Just because it's replacing the belt that meant so much, and 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 maybe maybe that's the case. I'm telling you, I don't. I just don't like the look of it. I don't think it's flattering. I don't think it's. Uh, it, I think it looks childish. I do. I think it looks childish. It doesn't look like a a pro wrestling title that I would be. I would signify as as the the best wrestler in the company. I just it just doesn't. I don't like it. The wings, like the I just don't like it. I'm I, I and I don't think I ever will. I'm sorry. I just don't think I ever will. I don't mind it. I just really I'm picking my battles with New Japan this year, and of all the list of things that have upset me this year about New Japan, that is not particularly high up on the list. I mean, so it's I'm not just, high. I'm made my peace with it at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's not high. It's not like every time I see it, I want to fucking smash my TV. Put your foot through the TV. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just not like I look at. I don't know. I just I don't know. I mean, I, I I understand they needed to combine the titles, and I need, I understand they needed to signify that this. Is, I get it. Just it's just not a design that 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 speaks tough pro wrestler. It really doesn't. Let's uh, speaking of tough. Let's move on to New Japan Strong. A uh, bit of unfortunate news, which was uh, Leo Rush announcing his retirement. So. He posted uh, details about this on Instagram. He said he's had an arm injury, and that arm injury put him in a bit of a depression. Little things like not being able to put on a T-shirt or pick up his newborn son, and he'd like to spend more time with his wife and kids and and do what's best for his mental health, so he's decided to retire. He's going to make a few final appearances for New Japan when he's healed to fulfil his contractual obligations. Uh, So, I mean, it's it's a disappointment, and who knows? I mean, he may change his mind in the future. I know he has previously retired in the past, but... I don't want to make light of his decision because, you know, I quit my job in China over wanting to be closer to my family and spend more time with them. So I you know, completely respect that decision. And if it's what he's doing is making him miserable and depressed and he's not able to 
enjoy family life, then fair play. You've got to respect that decision. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, if you don't get joy out of it, this could be a real, real shitty choice of income. Um, with the travel and the and the injuries and you're away from your family and all that. So, yeah, if your heart's not in it, then at least you had the guts to say, okay, this is not for me anymore. I'm out. You know, I'm, um, you know, even and with with what seemed to be some opportunities in front of them, right? From New Japan, from AEW, from you know, from other locations. So. Yeah, to be able to just walk away from that and say, "Okay, I think I'm done." Okay, that take that takes some guts to do. Um, now, again, you mentioned that he does have, uh, you know, he for very. Uh, I don't even know what the reasons were, but he did step away once before. Um, so again, if, if 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 his decision is to do this and he sticks with it, I hope that he does, um, and he's doing it, you know, to make himself happy. So yeah. I mean, look, it's disappointing from a pro wrestling fan perspective because, you know, you can fantasy book to the sun comes up. Um, different scenarios using the guy. No doubt. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to have him around. But, uh, yeah, I'd rather have some. I'd, and I say this in a, in a sense, not a, in, a, in a selfish way, but I would rather have someone who wants to do, wants to do it and, you know, still gets joy from doing it. Um than someone who's, you know, again, has, as as a famous person once said, lost his smile. Lost his smile. Well, appropriately enough, moving on to someone who does seem to take joy in what they're doing right now, and that's Fred Rosser, who mm. has announced that he's signed with New Japan. So Eric says, Rosser just signed. Does that mean a trip to Japan is eventually a lot for him? Who else of the current strong roster is signed? And if you could pick two more signees of the guys popping up on Friday nights, who would it be? And Flynn says, congrats to Fred Rosser for getting the contract. It is great to see an LGBT wrestler get this opportunity in New Japan. He said he'd like to go to Japan when he can. Can you think of a good spot for him there in a tag team or anything else? So, uh, Damon, your thoughts on Fred Rosser signing with New Japan and if he is to appear on the main roster in Japan, what do you think would be a good spot for him? Well, first of all, I, you know, if you said three years ago that this signing would be a, you know, something where we would be excited over, I, I might have giggled. Um, he's going to get votes for most improved. And if he doesn't, it's a crying shame. Um, it, 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 that would be a travesty of justice from our listeners. But they'll come through, I'm sure. And... You know, there, I don't think there's many people that have walked through strong who didn't have a contract that now do. I, I don't think there, there's many at all. Um, I think he's one of the few. If if I'm trying to think of who else like walked out of there with a contract, and that's the goal, right? And like when he decided, okay, I'm going to show up to these strong tapings and and make a, make a go at this. I mean, that was his goal, and he achieved that goal. So, and and it's and not only did he achieve that goal, he earned that goal. He earned it. Um, so, I would say it's surprising because if you asked me two years ago, you know, I don't think anybody would be like, "Yep, that's we 
Somebody, somebody get him a contract and a pen, right? But now it's like, okay, yes, do it. Uh, does this mean Japan? I mean, you would think it would. Um, I don't know if anybody's, you know, super thrilled to go over there right now. I think, I honestly think California is the place people want to go now. Um, because they, I believe today they are open 100%, Joel. So, I mean, I, again, we said, we've said this for a couple weeks now, but I am sure that they are already in plans to have fans in buildings. I would, I mean, it's, it's go time. So to work in front of people, to work in front of full houses, and again, whether that's 500, whether that's a thousand, whatever you know, strong will bring. Um, that's that's something. That is something. I think he stays here for a while. Uh, will he eventually wind up there? Yeah, if it's a two year deal, you would think eventually he would be there. Um, what role would he play? I'd like to see him as a singles. I I wouldn't want him in a tag right now. I'd like to see him in a singles. Um, you know, he could very well fit in. I don't know if I'm ready to give him a title. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to give him a never title or I'm ready to give him, you know, would you do U.S. title? I think as a challenger, if not necessarily a winner. Right. But if you were to say to me, do I want to see John Moxley versus Fred Rosser? Fuck yeah. yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, I would do that. Um, so that's kind of where I would see him in, in the short term, at least. Right. That doing strong, being a, a, an anchor on strong, um, continuing to improve, maybe doing if they do a world tag league, I would have no problem with that. And again, being a challenger for the U.S. title, I think that would be the smartest thing to do. So that's that's what I would do with him. Yeah, and and absolutely sign off on the the point about how great it is to have someone um, show more, you know, representation for the LGBTQ community. That's yeah. that's only a good thing in my eyes. Yes. Um, as, as far as other people who are signed, I don't know uh, if two people who I would like to see sign would be Tom Lawler and right. Chris Dickinson. I mean, yes. My two top boys so far on strong. Yeah, I mean, I would think, I would think. The, and here's the thing, too. I don't even know if they've been offered it yet. They could have been offered it and been like, oh, I can't, you know, because I have these obligations or that obligation or what what have you. I, I, I don't know. They, they might have. But, um, yeah, I think, like, if there's, a, if there's a short list of people that, I would like to see sign again. My my dream scenario in all this would be uh, Team Filthy making a little making a little noise in New Japan. Like that would be, you know, up outside of Strong. Like that would I think that would be a real fun scenario. Um, and there's a lot of guys on Strong that are just you know ready to go from you know. You you got all the 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 young lions and the the, the, the pseudo young lions like Fredericks and, and Connors, um, uh, Adrian Quest, like you got guys that are just 
They're ready, you know? And that, that could be a fun, that could be a fun little feud, right? Between them and somebody. Like the New Japan strong faction. Or, you know, or if it's just Team Filthy. I'll tell you what, the one thing they did do right, as much as we you know, bitch and moan about shit, they they figured out strong. And if they can capitalize on strong, that would be a real smart move. And, I, and I'm telling you, people want to come. I, I think people want to come there. I think people that are in Japan want to work for strong now. I really do. Um, because it's, you know. Because relevant. of us. Because we're well, hyping it up. We say- <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think you played a very large part in, it, at the very least, our listenership getting more on board with strong. I, I I I will beat that drum till the day I die. Like you were on the strong bandwagon. You weren't on the bandwagon. You were driving the fucking train and people were jumping on your bandwagon. And rightfully so. Yeah. And I know Joe uh, from Voices Wrestling is also a fan. He appreciates it. But yeah, I've got plenty of great things to say about Strong this week. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I, this week was a good show. Um, there, I Again, I've never turned off Strong and been like, Eh, that was a waste of my fucking time. You know what I mean? Never. Um, and and again, if they if they find ways to utilize these guys um, in a in a fun uh, again, I hate to say invasion angle, but you know, keep keep some separateness involved. This could be really fun. I wanted to touch on last week's show as well because I didn't get a chance to do it last week because uh, I hadn't watched it in time but uh, we had TJP and Kevin Knight having a really good match and <laughs> uh, one thing that stood out to me there was Alex Kozlov calling TJP an asshole on commentary which I thought was really funny maybe is he blurring the lines between kayfabe and real life who knows who's to say uh, Barrett Brown and Bateman teaming up that was interesting He's, uh, Barrett Brown's got this little feud going on with Adrian Quest and again this is really good just giving us a reason to care about these mid-card matches Really nice little throwaway line from Kevin Kelly saying that if you don't pick up wins on Strong, they're going to replace you with someone else who will. And that, just a little line that makes the results matter. And there's an element of truth to that as well, where I think these guys have to impress or they won't get called back. And, you know, they know other US promotions are watching as well. So there's plenty of reasons for them to be trying their best on Strong. And this was, yeah, really fun little junior match. Would have fit right on, you know, the upper end of a best of the Super Juniors card. And then... Afterwards, there's a lovely little touch of Fred Rosser backstage offering backup to um, Adrian Quest. And just Fred Rosser, he just seems like such a lovely guy. Just If I have any problems in my life, I'd like to ask Fred Rosser to help. And I feel like he'd be putting an arm around my shoulder and set me on the right path. <laughs> and we had a, a tag main event with, I think it was uh, Satoshi Kojima and uh, um, Carl, Carl Fredericks yeah. against uh, yeah, J.R. Kratos and Danny Limelight. And JL Kratos versus Satoshi Kojima. It wasn't a match that I thought I wanted or I knew that I wanted, but now that it's there. I mean, this is the beauty of getting guys like Kojima flying over from Japan because you get these unexpected, very fresh little programs that are adding spice to the the strong uh, chili, who <laughs> run with that analogy, which is already very tasty. Uh, you know, this is it's much better than them fucking around in the multi-man undercards at Korakuen. And I think giving that program to J.R. Kratos must mean that the company sees something in him that's worth investing in. Uh, Danny Limelight I thought was fantastic here as well in making Carl Fredericks look like a, a dominant killer and heat him up for the, his future title match. 
And now just looking at this strong roster, it's a, a really strange but very compelling mix of LA Dojo Young Lions, uh, veterans from the main roster, veterans from the indies, up-and-comers from the indies. Everyone seems to have the right attitude. They're all professionals. They all work hard. They never phone it in. They're very unselfish. I, I think it's one of the most underrated rosters in wrestling right now. And, you know, I say it every week. The only thing they're missing is a crowd. I hope that's coming soon. If and when they get one, for my taste at least, this is something that is streets ahead of the competition. And, you know, really, I think if AW or Impact or NWA, WWE, if they had cultivated a similar start, you know, this, what I think is a perfect blend of experience and talent on their roster, uh, a tight show with matches that are perfectly paced, they don't outstay their welcome, simple, well-booked feuds, that are satisfying, always put over the right people, building up the stars of tomorrow. People would be falling over themselves, Damien, to say how brilliant it is. I, I just can't say enough good things about Strong. And, you know, to run with their an analogy of ignition, it, it's it's a bomb that's just waiting to be ignited. And you get fans in there, it's going to explode, and everyone's going to be talking about it. I'll tell you what. The one thing that, that it reminds me of, and I know that you had mentioned this before, um, of of, and I think he tweeted it out how strong is what people wanted NWA to be, right? The NWA power to be, um, and I I'm kind of thinking one step further. This reminds me of Ring of Honor in in many ways, in how they you know not like peak Ring of Honor. But growing Ring of Honor, like it reminds me a ton of that. Where just like you did, you, you mentioned, great talent, outstanding talent, uh, veterans being brought in and out, um, got big names, big independent names being brought in and out. Surprises, you know. Well, I mean, Moxley, we'll, we'll say. As a, as a surprise, because nobody would expect him to, to, to show up there, um, especially given the uh, AEW situation, right? Um, like that kind of stuff, where it's it, like, to me, Strong is on the verge of being that Ring of Honor um, type scenario. And again, the only thing that we're, we're, we need are fans and you know, different venues, different buildings. Um, but I could definitely see that being the the equivalent of. Um, I don't I don't think I don't think that's like I think AEW and 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 NXT are, are you know levels above. And I don't even like to me NXT is WWE. It it, it really is. I, I there, to me there's no difference. Um Strong kind of fills that gap where it's still a little bit Dare I say, ugh, indie, right? Still got a little street cred, I guess. I don't know, um, but it's it's the, it, they're growing and and they're gaining momentum and they have the talent. Um, they just need they, they literally the only thing they need are noisy, rambunctious crowds, and they would be that. Ugh, I can't believe I'm saying this again. It would be that indie scene. It could definitely be a scene. Um, when it comes to pro wrestling. Yeah, I definitely think it's got more in common with Ring of Honor than 
AEW at the moment. Yeah. And, um, I mean, whoever is booking strong deserves a, a medal. I think they're doing a tremendous job. Um, last week's episode was really good. So the most recent episode where they put focus on uh, tag teams. I, I feel like we're really close to getting a tag championship on strong. And, and I think gotcha. it would be a success. Yep. Uh, I was really impressed seeing Alex Coglin. He's in tremendous shape. So he had a match against uh, Hikaleu, even though he lost. Uh, but he, uh, Alex Coglin, is getting a singles gauntlet, not dissimilar to to Jun Uemura. So, I, I think we just need to graduate these guys at this point. You know, don't worry about doing the traditional excursion. COVID means it's not possible or practical. If they're good enough, they're going to figure it out. And I think Alex Coglin is good enough. I, you know, I would love uh, a tag team of, let's say, Clark Connors and Alex Coglin just coming to Japan and just tearing through the division and fucking everyone up. Like you know, these these boys—they're not the future; they're the present. They they are good enough now. So I I say strike while the iron is hot with these guys. Uh, we also had Rocky Romero and Leo Rush. They were a fun tag team. And obviously, what we've heard about Leo Rush—probably not uh, much of a future in that. But uh, I thought Clark Connors and DKC were good together. They had quite impressive synergy, which made sense given their dojo background together. Right. And you know, if you're sick of the the stale New Japan tag divisions. Uh, domestically right now then this is a breath of fresh air you could send over two or three tag teams from strong to japan and immediately inject new life into the divisions for me and clark connors he continues to impress me that the wild rhino is perfect gimmick for him with all his spears and his reverse spears the the one to leo rushes back leo sold that incredibly the pounces stuff like that and the tease for him feuding with rocky romero very very tasty i'm well up for that and Rocky healing up a bit backstage, saying that he's beaten Clark every time they faced each other. You know, bring it on, you can't beat me, blah, blah, blah. And also very excited to see the highly rated Fred Yehi making his debut here. Didn't get to see too much of him, but I really like what I saw, so I hope we get to see more of him. I like his Koji Clutch finisher, that was really cool. And I think it would be great to see him and Wheeler Utah tagging together long term. And let's see them mixing it up with the established tag teams, like the Regal Twins. Let's get... Joel Nelson and Royce Isaacs, the, the West Coast Wrecking Crew. Let's get them back and let's get a little tag division going. Yeah, I like the. You know, you 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 you're mentioning names, and it's like, you know, they only have three or four matches per show, right? They don't they don't have everybody on every show. Like, th- there's guys that you will see, and then you won't see for like two weeks. Um, and that's and I kind of like that. In the fact that they showcase a lot of different guys on different shows, like that's that's a deep roster. And again, you're bringing in guys like Mysterio, so you're bringing in, you know, again, I, I use Moxley and even the Kenta angle and uh, Kojima, and you know, it, it, it's it's fresh. Kenta, Yuji Nagata, yeah, it's fresh. It it's. Again, the fact that they're not even scraping the surface with all the talent that just they have that are ready to take that whatever that next step is. Like they're not these aren't keep in mind these are not young lions anymore even in the way that they present them. They're not. Um I I'm 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 I would not be surprised if this week, and I don't know anything, so just this is please to be clear. I wouldn't be surprised if this week, if you start learning about live shows, I real I I would be I would be surprised. What are we at? June fifteenth. I would say by July first. Let's do this. I will say by July first, 
you will be hearing about live events for Strong. And that's I really think that's really one of the only things they need to put them over the top. That would make me extremely happy. And there's some exciting stuff in the pipeline for Strong as well. So previewing the upcoming ignition matches. So Alex Coughlin, he's got his challenge match series. He put out an open challenge, which was answered by Impact's Josh Alexander, which I'm tremendously excited about. Anyone who hasn't seen Josh Alexander, you should go and check out the match he had with El Phantasmo. That's on New Japan World. And he recently had an Ironman match against TJP. And he's an extremely talented wrestler. I would love to see more of Josh Alexander in New Japan. So if they can work out a deal with him. You know, I don't know if he'd be positioned as a heavyweight or a junior. But put him in best of the super juniors. And he would make huge waves there. He's very, very exciting wrestler. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Coglin against Josh Alexander. Uh, we're also getting Satoshi Kojima versus JR Kratos in a singles match. Which again, uh, I, I mentioned before, I love that. It's a you know totally unexpected thing. Never imagined in a million years we'd get something like that. But it's here. You know, two big beefy boys larrying each other. What's not to love? And on the 25th of June, we're going to have the Strong Openweight Championship with Tom Lawler taking on the challenge of Carl Frederick. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up on Strong. And, and also, I haven't had a chance to watch this yet, but I've just seen popping up on New Japan World on from Impact is Satoshi Kojima versus Joe Durring, which, you know, <laughs> what a random match that is. Imagine a couple of years ago being told that you're going to be seeing that on Impact. Battle of the uh, former All Japan stars. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, uh, I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen much of Joe Durring in, um, in Impact. Truth be told, I haven't seen a lot of it. Um, when we would go over to Japan, we would always catch up with Joe Doring. Um, so uh, I, I know I'm going to sound goofy when I say this, but um, he is a big fucking dude. <laughs> he is just – have you ever like, – like I'm standing next to him when we're talking, and I, I am just – like I stood next to Yao Ming. I've stood next to Shaq. I've stood next to, you know, you know guys who are like Joe Doring is every big and bigger than than those guys. It feels like like he was he's just a monster. Um, yeah. So I yeah I definitely want to check that. Out. I think that would and, and what's uh, what's the early returns on that? Anybody saying it was really good? I haven't heard anything unfortunately, but yeah, let's save that for next week. All right. Maybe we'll we'll have a little chat about. During against Kojima. All right. Let's dip into a few questions then. Um, so let's go to the Discord. Vase Collector says, Is the ROH relationship over? I would say, I wouldn't say it's over, but I don't think the relationship with CMLL helped. You know, that, that's, that's no longer, right? I know that that was dissolved. Oh, they they are still showing uh, their programming on New Japan World, though. Yeah, I don't think it's officially dead, but there's a whole I section w- of it. If you go to New Japan World, there's a CMLL section, and they're showing uh, well CMLL and, and wrestling. Yeah, well CMLL and and New Japan are still have a relationship. That's oh, sorry. Fact. I thought you. I, I didn't. You meant CMLL and Ring. Oh of no, Honor. no, and, and Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's kind of all right. Um, uh, look, I would say let's put it this way: we have strong. 
uh, in the United States, which I think is a thousand times better than than current Ring of Honor. Um, w- what benefit would it be for New Japan to be on? Like what? Like who would you want to see? <laughs> you know, it, it, it wrestling the Briscoes again. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I, I look. I, there's nothing official, but why? Why would we have this? It's not. I can't imagine it not being on life support. I hear they are doing some good stuff for ROH. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm having a look at their roster. I think they they've got some talented guys there. Uh, Adam Brooks, I hear good things about. Of course, well, I say Brody King, but they, he is working with New Japan at the right. moment. Um, I, I think me <laughs> going through the uh, you want to go, you want to go Matt Taven? Not... You want to do a Matt Taven? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flamita, Flip Gordon's all right, I suppose. Um, Jonathan Gresham, Gresham, I would like. Yeah, he's he's decent. Uh, he's really good. Kenny King, are we taking Kenny King? <laughs> How are we? <laughs> Mark Haskins. Uh, yeah, yeah. PJ right. Black, Ray Horace. Again, no, these are people that have already worked strong. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that these guys are working strong makes me think maybe there is still a working relationship. You know, Bateman's there quite a lot. Brody King's been there a lot. I'm not saying there's that- not. I'm just saying, like, when everything gets back to normal, say, um, I mean, we're not going to see joint. Ring of Honor New Japan shows. No, right. <laughs> I think they no lesson from that yeah, last that, time. Well, right. That that's what I'm Fair saying. Enough. I don't think I don't think like, and even like smaller tours. Like we're just not going to see that. I I don't think there's any need to see that. We have strong. Yeah, not going back for Honor Rising then. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah. Uh, Andrew says, does having as many first time champions in the past twelve months as there were in the seven years before that signify a change in booking philosophy? Oh God, yeah. We talked about that last week. I think the and again, some of it was a forced hand. Some of it was you know, out of their control. Some of it was, um, you know, the fact that they they had to think on the fly. Um, I don't think some of the stuff was was planned. Um, that being said, they made the most of situations. Um, it does feel fresh. Um, it, it it again, they could have very easily gone back and said, okay. Just like I said, they need something stable. There, it's a, it, you know, we have seen this championship title that has a, a history of not being a hot potato, be a little bit of a hot potato. Uh, it's more exciting now. It's more exciting. It, it was a, I think putting the the title on Shingo was a gutsy move. It was a gutsy move, and the right move, striking while the iron's hot. Tricking while the iron's hot. I'll tell you what else is exciting, that Mally and Esther have just come home. So oh. we'll see. Oh, Esther is sitting in my lap now. So we'll see oh. if we can get through the rest of the questions All right. without any shenanigans. And that's that. <laughs> uh, Dan's got a question for hockey slash gaming, Damon. Oh. Uh, he was listening to one of last year's Watch Along pods. And you mentioned you've been playing Total Extreme Wrestling GM Sim. Have yeah. you ever played the Eastside Hockey Management games? Ah, he's been playing the latest release recently. Was wondering how would you fix the soft as hell Philadelphia Flyers? <laughs> um, 
I have played. Um, I wanted to get the new one. It's kind of like a uh, football manager, Joel, um, but hockey. Um, you know what? I always wanted to get the new one, and I haven't. I never pulled the trigger, but I do dig those. But I, but here's the problem with that. I get hot and cold. Like I'll get really into it for like two months, and then I won't pick it up again for another two months, and then I'll get real hot again on it. Um, that's just what I do. Um, no, I'm a fan of them. I like them a lot. There's a baseball one too that I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, no, I'm a fan of them. I, I like them a lot. Classic Catch asks, knowing what we know now, should uh, Shingo Takagi have been the one to turn on Naito last year instead of Evil? I mean, I don't know, because if he'd done that, does that mean Shingo would have to take the Bullet Club spot and Dick Togo and all that right, shenanigans? Right. Could you have had... I, I, I think I prefer Shingo growing as you know, babyface singles wrestler and earning his spot on his own merit rather than having to uh, be thrust into the main event scene via the conduit of the heel turn on Naito. Right, right. If I'm going to sacrifice anybody from LIJ, it's going to be evil, right? Um, and and again, if if the, the scenario is exactly what we saw with all the... Again, the problem wasn't necessarily evil, per se. It was how he was booked. Um, that people just... Um, no, I'm. I, I would. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Joel. Yeah, because people want to cheer for Shingo. Everyone likes cheering for Shingo, so you don't want to have him as a, a heel. I don't think that would work. Uh, okay, on to Twitter. Fenil says, "Who might be the next challenger for the Never Openweight Title against Jay White?" So, uh, yeah, we haven't seen Jay White for a while. Last we heard, he had COVID, caught COVID and maybe back in the states, resting up, taking it easy, having a, a well-earned break. Um, when do you think we might see him back, and who do you think might be a good challenger for his title? Oof. Um, that's a good question. Who would? Because at the moment, yeah, I, I said sorry. I said earlier in the year that I think now New Japan are uh, putting the spotlight on a new big four of Shingo, Osprey, Ibushi, Jay White, and Jay White seemed to me to be in like the Nakamura role of having the secondary title and. Uh, building that up and headlining those B shows, so that's what I, I saw in store for him until you know the COVID situation. So I don't know; we, we may not see him for a while. Yeah. Well, he did have his little online meet and greet, Joel. Um, who would be a good challenger? That's a great question. Abush. Not Naito. I mean, we we think he's going to have things to do. You think anybody from Empire? Jeff Cobb would be a fun match, but then it's heel versus heel, so right. I mean, I think a Bush, right? I mean, who else? That's a good question. I mean, if it's got to be, yeah, if you don't want heel, heel. I got a name for you. You tell me if you think this is interesting. How about Hiroki Goto? Oh. I feel like I've seen Jay versus Goto a lot. Let me give okay. you a different one. How about Jay White being challenged by Zack Sabre Jr.? Right, but he's holding the tag straps. Uh, true, 
He can do both. I mean, the mm-hmm. never, the never six man is, you know, that they could they could put that in a fucking closet and, you know, you know, we'll see that in six months. Um, I mean, they could. I mean, they have the junior, you know, tag titles and challenges and all that shit. Um, I would like it. I, I mean, I would be fine with it, but I'm just trying to think of somebody who has nothing to do. I don't want Juice. I don't want Finley. Finley might be it. You think Finley? Yeah, I suppose Finley uh, beat him in the New Japan Cup, so there's an interesting backstory to that. What about Okada? I don't think Okada's going to challenge for the Never title. <laughs> no? He's above that. <laughs> you said it. You said it. Yeah, you. I'd better get out of here. Let's let's wrap it up. All right, all right. We'll do a short one. We got we got we got children home. You know, we got we got responsibilities. That's fair. Wrap it up, Esther. Take it away. Esther, can you close out the show for us? Redcircle.com. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash casts. If you want to throw some money our way. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast to get one of our t-shirts. Thank you to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at Lousy0219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.